Stay inspired on the go with Springboard Zone, an inspirational podcast from internationally acclaimed executive coaches, authors and ministers, Albert and Comfort Okran. You will be inspired and challenged with strategies to consistently reach for new heights. And now, today's message by Reverend Albert Okran. Springboard is proudly sponsored by EcoBank, the Pan-African Bank, and our investment partner, Omega Capital. We are also privileged to enjoy media support from the Business and Financial Times, a graphic business, as well as technology backing from Dream Oval. My name is Albert Okran, and I'm here with my virtual academic board comprising the Registrar Comfort, along with Matthew Amos and Togbo. From now till you graduate at 8 p.m., get ready because your personal value will shoot up. Tonight, our journey will explore the most common attributes, the behaviors, the lifestyles, the things you like and the things you don't like about entrepreneurs. Somebody said entrepreneurs, they are pay. They don't give money. <laughs> we'll find out. Is it true? You will see whether you are one yourself or whether your child is headed in that direction and start thinking about what you can do to support them to build that next world-class business to emanate from Ghana. Springboard connects a virtual network of CEOs, business executives, corporate decision makers, and the most influential emerging leaders every Sunday evening on a journey of personal improvement. Our quest is to equip the next generation of African leaders and executives using the medium of human capital development. Tonight, we continue our series on entrepreneurship and business growth, and this series seeks to highlight how entrepreneurs are changing the fortunes of nations. Over the next weeks, this is week three of 12, and we will examine issues like how to generate ideas, turn them into viable businesses, things like cash flow, sales and marketing, human resources, technology, social media for business, among others. Now, we started first with an overview of entrepreneurship with the Bentel and Simpson, Kofi Bentel and Mabel Simpson. That was last two weeks. Last week, we examined the idea generation and concept development with Michael Amankwa of Cornet. Tonight, we look at the behavioral patterns of entrepreneurs. And the person to walk us through is somebody who has written a 671-page book. I guess it's the first I've seen of its kind in this country. A 671-page textbook on entrepreneurship. And I saw my name in it. I, I will scan it and, 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 and file it somewhere in, in, in that book. But before we, I, I introduce my guest for tonight, let me remind you of our five commitments for the year 2015. And these commitments, are, we're going to flag them all year through because that is why we call them commitments. They are different from New Year resolutions. These are commitments. That means that we are, we are committed to making sure that they happen. Now, the first commitment is to read one good book every month. And this is the fifth month, the 17th day of the fifth month. And so you should be halfway through your fifth book if you are keeping to that commitment. The second one is to attend personal development programs and interventions, something to educate yourself outside the regular educational stream. And that is something you should look out for. The third one is to sign up to the SMS Academy. And every Sunday I bring you the message that was received on the phones of those who are on the Academy. My guest is not on the academy from the way he's looking at my face. So if you have a mobile phone, you must be on the SMS academy. Receive a, a message every single morning from, from us that would help you, spare you on, and, and point you to some truth little by little. And this month is devoted to ideas. And the idea tip number 17, that is the message, message for today, says that speed and decisiveness are key in implementing new ideas in competitive environments. I'll find out what my guest thinks about it. Speed and decisiveness are key in implementing new ideas in competitive environments. And so the admonition is to keep your eye on the ball and keep hitting your targets. That means if you slow down, somebody else will just take that idea and you may end up having to view that idea on the front page of the newspaper instead of being the one doing the implementing. And it's very simple. If you want to sign up to the SMS Academy, just send the word Springboard to short code 1984. If you are an MTN or Airtel user, and if you are a Vodafone or Tigo user, send the word Springboard to 1985. You will receive confirmation and you are through. The fourth commitment is to prepare a 20-year personal development and investment plan. And the final one is to deliberately build social equity. Connect yourself to people who add value to your life 
on a daily basis. Let me pay some respect to our sponsors, and then when I come back, we will get into the message for today. Let me start with EcoBank, the Pan-African Bank, and particularly the product called Rapid Transfer. If you haven't heard about Rapid Transfer, here is your chance, because Rapid Transfer from EcoBank lets you send and receive money within minutes across Ghana and throughout Africa. Rapid Transfer is fast, convenient, and reliable, and you can transfer as much as 30,000 Ghana CDs, and the funds arrive in the local currency, and there are no charges for the person you are sending the money to. You don't need an EcoBank account to use Rapid Transfer, so if you want a fast and convenient way to send and receive money. Choose EcoBank Rapid Transfer as your preferred money transfer partner. Just visit any of EcoBank's branches across Ghana or go to ecobank.com and you will note that terms and conditions apply. EcoBank is the Pan-African Bank. Let me also remind you of why you must join the Springboard Investment Club managed by Omega Capital. The first one is if you want to raise a million as your financial target, little by little, this makes it possible because you can start with as little as 10 Ghana CDs a month in investment and it will grow It will grow over the long term to hit your first million. You can also be assured the second tip is that you will receive investment coaching from the fund manager that will show you how to invest where to invest and even how to identify investment opportunities. 24-hour access to a personal investment advisor. The third one is Omega Advantage and you will have top-range investment services including fixed income investment, private equity, real estate, mutual funds, personal fund management and a lot more. So now you know why you must visit the Alberts in Kanda or call 0302-734744 or 026 026- Two seven seven four two nine seven. The Springboard Investment Club is a road to your first million. Let me take a brief commercial break. When I come back, let's talk about what the entrepreneur looks like. Please don't go away. Right, I have a little technical hitch here, so I will I will pause my adverts and I will play them again very shortly. But tonight we're talking about entrepreneurship, and we're talking particularly about the profile of an entrepreneur. And my guest for tonight is somebody who has studied the behavior of entrepreneurs. He's actually written a 671-page book on entrepreneurship. It's called Kwenye Here on Entrepreneurship. So you know the name by now. So my guest is Elikem Nutifafa Kwenye Here. He's a lecturer. He's a legal practitioner, the chairman of Oxford and Beaumont. He also is an entrepreneur himself. I'm going to ask him what type of entrepreneur he is so that he can give us some idea about it. He's also a lecturer. Um in entrepreneurship and tonight he is my guest in the third of our series on entrepreneurship and business sorry about it Elikem welcome to Springboard thank you thank you for having me it's a blessing to have you and I I guess it's been a long time coming you should have come earlier but it's good to see you today (laughs) so this this subject of entrepreneurship you are studying is a subject that people are very fascinated about very very keen on and I like to believe that this is a good time to have that kind of discussion considering all the several people coming out of universities who don't have jobs in the formal sector and are looking for an outlet and a new line of action to pursue would you say that it's a good time to have a detailed discussion about entrepreneurship i think anytime anytime really is 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 a a good opportunity to talk about entrepreneurship um the interesting thing about our culture is that we're we're very entrepreneurial and have been for you know um generations um so i think that it's now that the word itself is new in our in our in our vocabulary right it's it's, 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 is is a good time that we sort of begin to be a bit more formal about the learnings that we, we know about entrepreneurship and to, and to spread that. So I think it's a great time. To answer your question, I think it's a great time to be talking about entrepreneurship. Right. You talk about the fact that we are entrepreneurial and it's it's always been part of our lifestyle. That One of the biggest debates you will find about entrepreneurship is whether entrepreneurs are actually born. They are, I mean, you, 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 there are names that uh, seem to be related to business. And you look into the family, you find that there are quite a number of people who have built entities. And if you are like me, your name, it's not, there, there's no serious business person called Okran. Oh, oh well, there, there, there are the there, Mankwazis of this life and so on. But are they born or they are made? Or is it learnable? You know, people are writing PhDs trying to answer this question. Um, I don't think that they, they, they can tell you whether they're born or made. Um, my own view, actually, is that anybody 
absolutely anybody can become an entrepreneur provided they decide they want to become an entrepreneur so i just so i've been teaching for about nine or so years and each semester at the beginning of the semester i ask my students how many of you think you're entrepreneurs want to be entrepreneurs in nine years every time you know they hand only only a small percentage of people put up their hands and they're very tentative but by the end of the semester, they're all talking about business plans. They all believe that they can go out and become entrepreneurs. What's changed in the 12 weeks or so I've been teaching? What's changed is I've exposed them to a number of entrepreneurs, uh, a, a diverse range of entrepreneurs. You yourself have been to one of my classes to speak to my, my students. So first of all, they learn about entrepreneurs through um, um, my own textbook, um, case studies, um, entrepreneurs coming to class. Then they do an assignment on an entrepreneur, both a successful and an unsuccessful one. Um, so that's... The, the whole idea is that, you know, once they expose these entrepreneurs, you know, so the working mother, for example, may, may be inspired by a woman who's a, who's a working uh, mother but managed to set up a successful business. One of my students who was actually from Alabanyo was so excited that an entrepreneur I brought to class was from his village. Um, he, he, you know, it's almost like when you see that Asimisi can do it right. and Asimisi doesn't have three eyes or whatever, you're inspired to do that. So that, that's really, I think, how you teach entrepreneurship and that's how, you know, so once people are inspired that they can, um, and seen several examples of people who've done it successfully, then they believe that they can go out there and do it. So I think that, you know, anybody at all can become an, an entrepreneur. Then the, the, the next level is, yes, there are different um, um, sets of business um you know, it's almost like a toolkit that you require if you sort of take your business from one step to the other. And from what I heard you say in the intro, in terms of the various subjects that you cover on, on, on this program, um, these are things that I, I guess you look at it in, in detail. But that, that's uh, the next step. But ask whether anybody can entrepreneur. I think that anybody can can, can do that. Right. Are there are there are there things are there behavior, behavioral patterns that or cultural or environmental factors that you called it a decision? Anyone can decide. Are there are there behavioral patterns, cultural antecedents or, or, or patterns of behavior that fight that decision that you just mentioned? I, I should actually say two things. W one is that, uh, yes, I said it's a decision, but there is obviously there are people who are necessity entrepreneurs. So they're entrepreneurs because they have no other options. So, you know, the woman who is selling water in the street, for example, may do it because you know, she has no other Options, so that's necessary entrepreneurship. That's not so much a, a decision to become an, 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 an entrepreneur. The other well, thing, I guess, that even for that, it's a decision. Well, I get that, that well, alternative is to beg. Well, yeah, well, okay, okay, exactly. But yes, yes, absolutely. But I think most of the opportunity entrepreneur who perceives right. particular opportunities. Right. Then the other thing which I talk about quite a bit in my book is the distinction between uh, a businessman and an entrepreneur. So anybody running a business is 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 a, a businessman or a woman, but they're not necessarily entrepreneurs so um i think that that's sort of i just want to sort of pack that for the, the as, as you go uh along in the discussion because um you know running a business does not necessarily make you uh, an entrepreneur what's the difference okay so an entrepreneur is basically somebody who tends to be lo more longer term focused um it's it's um focused on I guess in my book I call it customer pain. Focus on removing a customer pain essentially. So they dream of a of a better tomorrow and they marshal resources to go make that make that happen. Whereas um, the businessman could be in, in business ready to make a quick buck or uh, you know, they're not as missionary. So when you look at the true entrepreneurs um, that we hear about and read about, there's always some kind of mission driven um, agenda that backs them, and in fact, when, when and that's why, when they, even when they are so successful and, and, and uh, um, have made money beyond their wildest imagination, they still continuing pursuing this this mission that they are, they are like like I mean Google's uh, mission to simplify the world's information, for example. You can never finish doing that, um, you know. So that's what that 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 that's what I mean. That's how I I differentiate entrepreneurs from 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 business business people so in that instance you tend to be a lot more um proactive rather than reactive um tend to be more focused on the long term and entrepreneurs are less concerned about you know who's 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 um the guy sitting in the big seat or who has which benefits and so on because it's, it's all about you know what's the customer pain we're trying to remove right so the customer pain is is more or less that societal problem that you're trying to solve uh, uh, and absolutely. get rewarded in the process. Absolutely. And right. I think that it's also important to also make sure that we're talking both about social entrepreneurship and uh, for-profit entrepreneurship because it's really the same thing. If you are, um, your, your, your customer pain is um, um, something that's something that you're doing 
which is um, makes a social entrepreneur, you're not necessarily being rewarded with um, financially. Money. Exactly, in, in some instances, but the, you're the still thrill of solving. knowing that you're solving the problem. Ab- absolutely, and that, that's what that's what drives you. Let's look at the Ghanaian context. And for our listeners out there, if you just joined us, this is Springboard of Virtual University. Tonight is the third in the series of entrepreneurship and business growth programs. And what we're trying to do is to hold the hands of our listeners and step-by-step walk us through what entrepreneurship involves, what are the key issues, what are the traits, the behavioral patterns. So you can look at yourself and say, you know something? I'm sitting in this consulting room, but I know I'm an entrepreneur. Simple as that. The title doctor or lawyer or pharmacist doesn't really matter. I just know I'm an entrepreneur. So we want to use today's program to focus on the attributes of entrepreneurs. And my guest, Elikem, he's trying to walk us through what entrepreneurs look like. So far, he's given us two tips that I think are useful for your notes. The first one is that everyone can be an entrepreneur. It starts with making a decision. And he distinguished between necessity entrepreneurs and opportunity entrepreneurs. The second one was to give us the fact that uh, an entrepreneur is different from a business person because an entrepreneur has a mission-driven agenda, a long-term perspective, and tends to be proactive rather than reactive. On the other hand, the business person could be out there to make the quick buck. So even though they all may be looking for profits, the outlook can be different. Now let's look at the Ghanaian situation. The Ghanaian situation is our environment pro-entrepreneurship. Um, in many ways, I'll say so. It's very easy um, to you know dream a dream and then wake up in the morning and say, you know what, I'm going to go make that dream a reality. Um, it's, it's, I think that the um, successive governments have done a reasonably good job in, in simplifying the red tape when it comes to um, encouraging businesses to be registered and so on. Uh, we're nowhere near Rwanda, for example, but I think that it's it's, it's relatively easy to get up and, and, and start a business. What's, what's the Rwanda situation? I think you can do it in 24 hours, and it's a, there's, a, there's a one-stop shop um, for you to basically go to and get all your certificates at the, at the, um, at the same place. You know, th- th- there's so much benefit in public sector reform as a, a, a springboard for entrepreneurship because even the land tenure system or the, the process of registering lands could have an impact on entrepreneurship, Absolutely. property registration, and all these things. So, to that extent, while we have made progress, I, I agree with you that there's much more that we can do. And I just want to add my voice to that and say, you really could do could do better in that area. Well, you've answered your own question, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> I, no, without without saying that, I think that you know, institutionally, I mean, the the land land tenancy is a, is a complete nightmare. Um, but there are lots of other. Um, other factors, other institutions, um, the media, for example, you know, being as, uh, you know, um, you know, um, providing information, um, the availability of good um, human capital in certain sectors, um, things like that. Um, where we ha- where we suffer the challenge, actually, I think usually around um, finance, in particular, risk um, capital. So the idea is that the the, the um, our society is very much. Uh, about banks and non-bank financial institutions, it's all about collateral. And when you are starting a, a, a venture, that's really there's a bit of a, 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 a disconnect between, you know, where you are at, what you have, and what the bank is looking for. So at that stage, there should be some kind of venture um, capital. We have it in a bit of a in an informal sector, in informal sense. I beg your pardon. Amongst the you know the whole idea of wafawaho. So you get your uncle to give you a bit of money, but there's there's very little clarity around it. In fact, one one case that I came across was um, a, a nephew who had been given some money by uh, uh, a wafa to start a business, uh, but they're not clear whether that was actually equity or that was that was debt. And as the business was doing well, every year the wafa would turn up and say. You know, so I think that that's sort of the but that that's that's where the problem is around um, venture capital and private equity. That's a big area. One smaller issue, actually, that I think that um, we maybe all of us can can help in that is actually the whole notion of celebrating entrepreneurs. Because when you look at societies where entrepreneurs entrepreneurship is very vibrant, particularly the United States, you said there's a history and a tradition of celebrating entrepreneurs. So when you're in business school, you're in um, even high school, you have entrepreneurs come to class, you write articles about them. 
you know, the idea is going back to the point I was making about, you know, entrepreneurs about inspiring other people. So when you are, when you have a system where, you know, entrepreneurs, whether they are failing or they are struggling or whatever, are being celebrated and they can stand up and say, you know what, I failed in this business. I failed X number of times before I succeeded. That, that creates an environment where, you know, you feel that you can go out there and fail. Or, or succeed, which, whichever way it, it is. But in our society, we don't have that celebration, and we only talk about people when they're successful. And so it's almost like if you're not quite there, you know, um, what, what do you do? And there are many, many entrepreneurs who, you know, are probably on their way to success. We'll get there in their own different ways, but we need our culture to begin to celebrate um, a lot more entrepreneurs, even when they are not, let's say, quote unquote, um, succeeding as, as we, we define it. What, what would be the end game for that kind of celebratory spirit? It, there's a whole idea of inspiration. Right. Because once you read about, once you read about, um, um, once, once you read about the entrepreneur, you know, you've heard their story. You might have a similar story. Um, the other, I guess, the next level uh, after the whole celebration thing is also the idea of uh, mentorship and, and support because entrepreneurs um, do well where there's um, organized uh, mentorship systems, either through uh, accelerator programs or incubators and, and, and so on. So, the celebration is the first thing. So, you celebrate people in different ways um, and then you expose their stories to, um, you know, the relevant audiences to encourage them that you know I can go out there and be an entrepreneur. You know I've had so many stories of people who've had various people's stories and sort of been inspired by that to get out there and make 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 it happen. So that's why it's important and it's something that it's a it's a personal um, uh, agenda of mine because I, I think we don't do enough of that in this society um, celebrating entrepreneurs. Twenty five minutes past the hour of. 7 o'clock. If you, if you just join us, this is Springboard, your virtual university. My guest is Elikem Kwenye here. We are talking about entrepreneurship in Ghana and particularly like trying to look at the attributes, the, the behavioral patterns, the common traits that you will find in entrepreneurs when you look at them. Now, you out there could be an entrepreneur and you may not have thought about yourself in that light but tonight we hope that by the time we finish you would have understood a bit more about how entrepreneurs behave and how to promote entrepreneurship in this country Elikim, you wrote you've written this book this book that I'm, i've been admiring all evening and having scanned the environment of entrepreneurship and business so extensively in the course of your research is are there any names that come up any Ghanaians that um, success stories and i'm using the word um, advisedly, uh, any Ghanaian business stories that you fascinate you and why? Who, who would you call your favorites or stories that you find very fascinating on the Ghanaian landscape? You know, Albert, there are so many fascinating stories of Ghanaian entrepreneurship. I mean, yes, fascinating, really. Um, there, 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 there are a number of them, but if I, I'll just I'll tell you what my top three, who my top three are. Um, the first one I actually never met, um, the late um, Esther Oklu. I'm not surprised. Um, uh, but I, I, through her children and her, her in-laws and her, her grandchildren, I, I, I know a bit about her story. You know, starting with 12 jars of marmalade and walking to the um, public sector offices to sell door-to-door, um, managing to convince Achimota School and the Royal West Africa Frontier Forces to purchase um, her marmalade and orange juice. So for, for a period, she was the only one supplying them. Then she takes a break and says, "You know, I need to go to uh, I need to go, uh, you know, upgrade my skills and so on." Goes to the UK, comes back, starts, um, starts another uh, business, a catering business. In 1960, she starts bottling um, marmalade and um, also, you know, a banquet. All those things that um, that's I, including story. Yes, that that that, that that's including. And to today, and the, the, what I why I like her story so much is that you know um, I think that very early on she was one of the f- first people to start bottling um, some of our, our local um, produce and selling them in the supermarkets. Um, so I guess solving that customer pain of uh, you know convenience and so on, and exporting it. Um, and I think that she's um, I don't know whether you can get it on the market, but there's, there's the um, her palm palm wine. Which does very well internationally, and I think that, and what I also like about it, the business has also moved from one generation to the other, right. um, and they're still doing, they're, they're still carrying out her, her vision. So, um, Seti, um Doctor Esther um, Oklu, uh, would be my my overall um, favorite, followed by uh, um, Professor Edmondele, 
um, amazing human being, amazing entrepreneur. Um, um, Dr. Dele, why I like his story so much is that, you know, there's, there's a bit of a confusion sometimes. People think that they are, you know, I'm a good employer, I'm a good doctor, I'm a good accountant, so therefore I will be a good entrepreneur. Absolutely not. Um, they don't always go together. But this is a case of somebody who is both a very successful um, doctor, dermatologist, and a very successful entrepreneur. Um, he has... Uh, he has clinics all across, and this this is actually literally somebody on a mission. Um, he's he's obviously been very successful financially. He has no reason to get up to go to to work. He's still working every day um, to ensure that healthcare is available to the vast majority of Ghanaians. He runs a very interesting model. So um, when you go to his, his clinic, and he has clinics all across the country, by the right. way. Um, when you go to his clinic, there's a there's there's a there's almost like a two track system where those some people pay for like almost like I don't know it's like a VIP type thing to subsidize those that cannot afford it. So that uh, so he's running both a for profit model and a social enterprise there. And what's also interesting about him is how progressive he is. He's brought in again the next generation. He sold uh, I think two clinics to his uh, consortium owner his, his his children and he's looking to sell more to, to them. And I think that that's that's also a very fascinating person who's continued to do his business. You know, I think they celebrated, was it 40 years or, yeah, quite recently, something yeah. like 40 years. Yeah. And, and he's been providing, you know, quietly in his, in his clinics. And if he's, he's always, he's always in his clinics or traveling around the country, bringing healthcare to people. So I think that he's certainly my, um, and then a much younger one, you know, honestly, there's so many of them, but you asked for three. So the third one, the final one is, um, somebody who I share uh, a common love for house Sakoko with. Albert, 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 or say. So yes, like Albert, whenever I I um, buy my house at used um, to buy my house at at my junction, I'll see the gutter, I'll see the flies, and think, oh my god, if I go in my career, they'll be fine, or whatever. Um, but Albert, uh, Albert did something about it, and uh, you know. We all know his story now with Coco King, what he's done, and, and the fact that he's also moving beyond um, just um, um, breakfast um, um, porridge. Right. So the three, Elikam's top three, Dr. Estor, Clue in the Building of Nkulenu, and what fascinates you is she solved the problem of convenience and also the fact that it has gone transgenerational, among other things. You like Professor Edmond Daly, a man I also deeply love and appreciate for the Rabito story and the fact that he combines success as a dermatologist also and also as an entrepreneur. And again, very mission-driven, the combination of social entrepreneurship and for-profit, and he's gone transgenerational. Is there a link? I mean, I can see that same thread going through. Albert says cooking is still quite young but i'm sure i mean if you, if you listen to albert talk you can see that same outlook that yes. transgenerational outlook yes. even now can i conclude that this this is the reason why this is the same thread that that runs through all three that mission breaking new grounds and going beyond one person's lifetime would you say that is it the thread um you know that was not deliberate these are just honestly i have a long list <laughs> but these are ones i sort of i uh these are would be my, my my top three but there's certainly i think that you can't be an entrepreneur have the business running around you you're not an entrepreneur um there, there are many many businesses in ghana where if the ceo is not in town no checks are signed and so on and so forth i don't think those who are entrepreneurs because if you're an entrepreneur you should be able to um the business should be able to run you know, even after you're gone, with your um, hopefully with your your, your vision, um, people adapt. Look at look at for example. Unfortunately, I have to use a, a, a UK or a bigger part a US um, example of um, Steve Jobs and um, and Apple. Um, and you know, he's he's unfortunately not with us, but there's been a, a good transition. You know, the vision continues to tweak a little bit. I think that that's what because entrepreneurship is not it's not about um, you know creating your own. I don't know. Um, personality cult. It's about solving a fundamental, fundamentally changing something around let me rephrase. It's about fundamentally changing something around you. Um, a problem that you're trying to solve or something like that. So once it's that, it's no longer about you. It's about solving this problem and you're constantly doing it. So you, you can't build a cult around yourself when you're doing that. So I think that that, that, um, that setting was not intentional in my, in my but I, it, maybe it, it, it's subconscious. It's 33 minutes past the hour of 
7 o'clock, this is Springboard, your virtual university. My guest, Elikim Kwenye here. We are looking at entrepreneurship and we are finding out a few more things about entrepreneurs. I like this selection of top three and he says the list is endless. And I can tell you something, people are doing fantastic things. Um, talking about people, I tonight I'll take a musical break and I want to celebrate somebody who's, who, and you can call him an entrepreneur because he's done amazing things in the area of music. Composed, guess what, over 500 songs and still composing. One of the most talented musicians I've met in my whole life. And this is the man, Danny Netti. I just came out of the, confer- the concert celebrating Danny Netti. And Elikin, what I loved, you talked about the culture of celebration. Tonight I saw it in Ghana. So a group of young gospel musicians who believe that they've all been inspired one way or another by the Nitty come together and decide that with or without his permission, they are putting together a concert. <laughs> and guess what? Everyone sang only the Nitty songs. Oh, wow. Beautiful. And these are people who have done their own songs, but each one steps onto the stage and does their favorite Danetti song. Beautiful. Just beautiful. And my own Danetti story, um, we went together, Dan composed the the theme track that we used to close this program every Sunday evening and he composed that song for our tour of Springboard Africa and in his own words he composed that song in five minutes absolutely fantastic talent he says he woke up with a song in his heart and he just wrote it down in five minutes and the rest was just adding on and just polishing I mean crazy talent if I may use those words and that song was played in Nigeria amazing played in Gambia amazing Danete was just loved across the continent and tonight i add my voice to celebrate the work of danny netty and so even though i played a song to end the show today i'm playing it in the middle of the show because that song was about africa the new africa let's hope that songs like this messages like this discussions like this can raise a new african who's an entrepreneur and who can do great things for the continent so the song is turn around just enjoy it please don't go away
How did you do that? Don't you know that now you can withdraw cash from either MTN Mobile Money or Airtel Money at any Ecobank ATM and you don't even need an ATM card? Wow. That's great. And Ecobank has over 200 ATMs across Ghana. It's so convenient. Plus, it's super easy and totally secure. Withdraw cash at any Ecobank ATM from your MTN mobile money and Airtel money wallets. For more information, just call free on short code 3225 from Airtel, MTN, and Vodafone lines. Or 0302-213-999. That's normal charges. Terms and conditions apply. Ecobank, the Pan-African Bank. By kind courtesy, the Springboard Foundation and Omega Capital, get ready to count your first million. Join the Springboard Investment Club, managed by Omega Capital, by investing at least 10 Ghana CDs every month or 120 CDs a year and watch your money grow to the millions in the long term. The Springboard Investment Club will groom you into how to invest, where to invest, how to identify investment opportunities, and a lot more with access to a personal investment advisor. Omega Capital also offers top-range investment services including fixed income investment, private equity, real estate, mutual funds, pension fund management, and a lot more. Call plus 233-302-734-744 or 246 Visit www.omegacapital.com.gh or email info at omegacapital.com.gh The Springboard Investment Club. The road to your first million. It's 20 minutes to the hour of 8 o'clock and Springboard, your virtual university is your road to information and transformation. My guest for tonight is Elikem Kwenye here. We are walking through the pages of entrepreneurship and trying to get some lessons from his book, Kwenye here on entrepreneurship. Before we went on the break, we're talking about his favorite three three entrepreneurs in Ghana and his selection. He says he has lots of them, but he gave thumbs up to Esther, Dr. Esther Oklu, Professor Edmond Daly, and of course to our good friend Albert Osei, the man who has made Hausa Kuku an international product and he's migrated to a number of other items. And so we're doing a collation of air and realize that we've got two food two food um, is it vendors or two food business, <laughs> businesses and then one health related business. And so by special concession, I'll give you a fourth one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was just saying that I think that um, Patrick Iwa certainly is, um, you know, he's certainly going to be the fourth one. Um, just what well, we all complain about education in this country. He went out and he's done something phenomenal, um, you know, with, with Ashesi University. I think that deserves a, a mention. Absolutely. Absolutely. And recently it was celebrated in Forbes magazine, is it? Yes. As, so. as one of the top 50 people to watch. And it's just heartwarming when the story breaks breaks on the international scene like this let me let me ask you just as an aside do you think that the the ventures that we see emerging will grow to become big global ones do we have the capacity to build global enterprises from ghana um i i, I see why not um i i, I see why not but if you take for example um Ashesi, um, in a way, it's already a global venture with the faculty they have, the students that they have, the sort of issues they're looking at, um, and the sort of impact they're making around the world and, and, and feeding other institutions and so on. Um, so global does not necessarily, I mean, it, it's certainly, I'll say it's certainly a, a global venture. Um, in Kule News, uh, is also certainly a global venture. Um, when I was a student um, in Chicago, I remember my classmates loved um, having the the palm wine from from Kulinus. um and so I, I I mean absolutely no Albert there's absolutely a reason why it, again it goes to what the entrepreneur wants and what um you know what what their strategy but I I see no reason why we cannot build a, a, a global venture from from Ghana I, I can't give you many examples though <laughs> if I push to the wall and said based, I I really admire people who do research because you get to look behind the scenes and mm-hmm. to see what we don't see. I mean, we can have a very cosmetic discussion, but if based on what you saw, based on what you gleaned from your research, is there one particular bottleneck that you will say, listen, if we're able to take this one off, we will fly? Hmm. The bottlenecks are many. Right. Um, I think that, you know, if you, I think that too many of our entrepreneurs are spending too much time fighting day-to-day fires, you know, because entrepreneurship really is all about dreaming and so you have the, the customer thing that you're solving, you have a dream about how you solve that. And dreaming that dream 
on a daily basis. And so when I see entrepreneurs who are stuck, usually they're stuck because they're no longer able to dream as they ought to because they are they are they are they are fighting various fires on a day-to-day basis. There are many, many reasons that people um give. Uh, one of the most common uh, reasons entrepreneurs give us um, uh, is actually um, human capital. So, so in our research, finance and human capital are sort of one and two. I think maybe the other way around. I think it's human capital first and then finance. That's the the biggest challenges that they face. So, when it comes to human capital, for example, a lot of people feel that they never have the right people in place to, um, you know, because if you're an entrepreneur, you are you you want to build a global empire. You have to be able to. Your business in Ghana has to get to a place where you can put. Um, setting people in place and then you can then focus on some of the global issues be a bit more strategic in your thinking and so on but many entrepreneurs say that they, they can't find people who, who care about themselves uh, who, who, who sort of care about their business as much as as, as much as they do and are willing to, to help develop it the same way many many entrepreneurs cite human capital and then there's the, the, the issue of finance right we're going to be doing two big shows on human capital and on finance dedicate one show to each of these two but let me push this point a bit more. You, you, you're telling me that, in your opinion, based on your research, the one who starts the business beyond some point must make a deliberate effort to hand it over. Is that what you're saying? Not necessarily. Right. You see, the I think that, and this is again something that we all tend to miss um, when we decide to go into entrepreneurship. The first thing you must do as an entrepreneur is do what I call have a conversation with yourself. So that's that's an issue of um, self awareness. So you have to basically have a very honest conversation about yourself and some of the questions you ask yourself is, you know, are you ready to do this? What are your strengths and so on? And if you are, um, for example, in my case, when I started my own my own um, um, law firm, I realized that I didn't have uh, as much, I didn't have any local or very little local experience. So I needed to find somebody who had a lot of local experience to sort of balance that um, shortfall that, that I had. So you have a conversation with yourself and then decide um, what what it is that your what are your strengths and, and how do you compensate for that? But then you don't stop there throughout your venture regularly, and I encourage you to have the conversation even with the teams um, to understand what your gaps are. So if you are the sort of person who can become a manager and manage um, the business as it's growing, then absolutely there's no reason for you, you to step aside at all. You can continue to do that um, and run 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 the business where you are at a stage where you know you don't need as much risk taking need systems and structures but there's so many people who just cannot cope with systems and structures uh, which you need when a business is growing and it's becoming a, a lot more stable and so on so it, it varies on a case by case basis based on your own self assessment and so on, whether or not you think that you you ought to step aside or you you, you can become become a manager but at some point i mean i think that you um i think i i personally think that really at some point and it's for everybody to decide when it is for them uh you've got to allow fresh blood and new ideas and so on another entrepreneur that i did not mention as my top one but I, i'm quite impressed with him i talk about it in my book is the founder of robertson sons um he at some he decided to step aside from the business because he said the the eye care business is very uh, it's, a, it's a big fashion business he was getting older he was feeling he was a little out of touch with the fashion trends so he was going to sell the business and then his children persuaded him not to and he got his children in the business to sort of take it where where it is so it's just uh, recognize that ability that you know what i think that somebody might might do this better than than me and so on um it's, it's that that's basically it Right, it's 30 minutes to the hour of 8 o'clock and who is your own favorite Ghanaian entrepreneur? I, I'm hooked to this idea that Elikem is sharing that we must celebrate Ghanaian entrepreneurs and the, it is said that the more whatever you celebrate you attract into your life. Whatever a culture celebrates, it produces more of it. And so I'm going to take a cue from his point and probably open the phone lines. Tell me, which Ghanaian entrepreneur do you admire and why? And please don't tell me your don't, don't, don't make the, 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 the point based on some other consideration. Which Ghanaian entrepreneur do you admire and why? And that's just what I want to hear tonight. Who do you admire as a Ghanaian entrepreneur and why? You mentioned self-awareness. Um, Elegant, would that be one of, in your opinion, the top three at- attributes of a great entrepreneur? I, I, I think so. I think that probably must be um, number one. Mm-hmm. Um that, that, yeah, I'll say that would be number one. Okay. Then I'll say the ability to dream. Yes, um, would be the um, the next the next the next one. And do they keep dreaming throughout, or they just dream in the beginning? I think it's. Um, I mean, when you meet, 
<laughs> the entrepreneurs who are, you know, make, really make, making big things happen. It's almost like they do have bipolar disorder because they always, you know, they can't sleep. They have like all these dreams, big ideas all the time. Um, so yes, I think that is a is a case of having lots of ideas, um, lots of big dreams, um, small ones as well. Some of them may not, um, you might not go ahead to implement them. Uh, but also, what happens is that even when you decide that I'm focusing on like education, for example, in particular worst case, you must be dreaming this every single day. So, like he's adding in like an engineering faculty um, or engineering school um, because I'm sure that came out through some of his dreams about right. you know how he can improve this. You know, it's right. almost like you know when, when you're an entrepreneur, there, there's dream, but it's not just dreaming in a vacuum. Dreaming because one, you're trying to solve the problem, and also because usually yes, the success of the status quo. Right. So that combination, you know, it's almost like you you always coming up with new ways of doing things or better ways of doing things. Sometimes the business gets to a stage where you know what, it's just about doing the same thing over and over again. But I think that the dreaming is both at the beginning and then um, constantly through the um, the journey. Self awareness, the ability to dream. What would be the third one? I'd say um, I'd say interpersonal skills. Um, in my book, I actually de- I actually differentiate between interpersonal skills and what I call ability to get connected. Uh, but I think the body talking about it's, it's what you, you you also referred to. I, I think you talked about social equity. Uh, equ- equity. Right. Um, for example, um, I mean one thing that really impressed me when um, Albert or spoke in my class and I wrote about it in my graphic article last week. Um, um, was when he was building his business, he he built a strong network of market women, um, people in the marketplace who could give him information about you know where do I get the best maize from, you know has the yam come from wherever it is that when she or wherever it comes from, um, that sort of knowledge which he needed for his business. Right. Um, usually we tend to. See keep ourselves in certain um like our own social circles but it's ability be able to go beyond that and that's what i mean by ability to get connected so it's more for your business so what sort of relationship do you require to move your business forward and then cultivating and developing those relationships interpersonal skills it is what it is it's just being able to you know deal with everyone from the the policeman who's giving you a hard time to uh the the the, the, the ph the, the the managing director that will not allow you to see his boss and just using your charm, and, but that's what we you know. We, um, you know, before, when I went to business school, they had all these big words for all these things. I'm like, you know, this is the sort of stuff that I learned in my grandmother's feet. It's the sort of stuff that we we, we learn in our villages and in our, uh, you know, but we we sort of let the business school jargon wash wash it all away. Right. Nine minutes to the hour of eight o'clock. If you joined us, you're finding out that the things you learned in business school really. Really, if you had paid attention to your grandmother, you didn't have had to pay $8,000 to learn them from, from business school. My guest, Ellie Kem Konya here, we are talking about entrepreneurship, trying to find out what entrepreneurs look like, how they behave. Let me find out. There's a point that Robert Kiyosaki makes in his book, Rich Dad, Poor Dad. He almost makes a strong um, allusion to the fact that if you want to be rich, if you want to be an entrepreneur, don't bother to go to school. He really makes it sound like those who have formal entertainment, uh, formal education, sorry, don't don't typically end up being good entrepreneurs. Do you subscribe to that idea? Um, I think that maybe for his um, where he was writing, he's writing from the United States, right? Right. Where you can um, be literate but not have a formal education. Uh, and I think that this is also one thing that's really important when we talk about entrepreneurship. And that's why I felt compelled to write my book because context is very, very important. Right. So that might be correct in the United States, but I think that it may not necessarily be correct. Correct. Here. I must say though that when we when we interviewed our entrepreneurs, we found out about half of them were didn't necessarily have formal education. But I found that those who have formal education in this context were a bit more confident about dealing with um, authorities about um, pursuing. Um, opportunities were a bit more confident in um, um, dealing with challenges when they came up um, as against the uneducated, those without formal uh, education. But you know, in our society where you can actually have, I mean, I teach people who, who are getting degrees who can barely write English. So I, I think that um, we've got to be a little careful. I think that if you ask me what did I get from all the education that I have, is the ability to learn. Uh, and that's the most important thing. So once you have the ability to learn, it doesn't necessarily matter whether it's formal or informal. You go out there because entrepreneurship is about to make the business work. You need to learn as much about that business um, as as possible, and um, the whole the whole um, 
the whole industry and so on. So you've got to you got to you got to basically be able to to learn and unlearn every time. So I, I'm not sure I agree with it. It might apply to the United States, but here I'm not. I'm, I'm, I'm you sure. are talking with the power of research backing your position. Zero three zero two two one six five four one. I'm just enjoying Elikem tonight. Zero three zero two two one six five four one. Who which Ghanaian entrepreneur fascinates you or do you admire and why? Zero three zero two two one six five four one. If we have a culture of celebrating something, we will attract more of it. We will produce more entrepreneurs. People will aspire to become more entrepreneur, entrepreneurial. And that is why tonight I'm giving you the opportunity to celebrate or to appreciate an entrepreneur that you admire. Is there somebody whose work is just fascinating? You are like, really? This is the deal. Just call into the show. Let's hear about it and let's celebrate that person. If there is nobody doing something great, then we need to look at it again. But if you think there's somebody doing something great that you want to celebrate, call into the show 030-221-6541. Let's find out about what people are doing and celebrate them on the show tonight. Hello, good evening. Yeah, hello, good evening, Albert. Your name, where are you calling from, please? My name is Samuel. I'm calling from North Legon. Someone from North Legon. Is there somebody whose work you admire? Yes, yes, yes. There are a whole lot of people. Give me one and why. One? Hmm, only one, Albert. If you can give me three quickly in less than half a minute, I'll take it. All right, good. Um, One is my one and only cousin. Um, First choice, um, beauty. Right, it's phenomenal. Like what she has done over the years. For the benefit of our listeners, mention the name. Here. Her name is Faustina Ajaga, Mrs. Okay. Yes. So first choice hair uh, and beauty. Okay. The next person. Next person. No one else than Coco King. I'll better say okay. Yeah, and then my foremost is supposed to be Doctor Indom. Park we seen them, okay. Yes. Right. You see, politics aside, the man is is good with his entrepreneurship skills. Right. Like the kind of businesses he has brought up in the country. I admire him a lot. Thank you very much. Samuel from North Legon. Samuel, I'm sure next time you call, your name would also be added to the list of entrepreneurs. Have a good evening, sir. Right. Hello. Uh, hello, good evening. Hello, good evening. Your name, where are you calling from, please? My name is Justice, calling from Asaman. Justice from Saom? Asaman, Asaman. Asaman. Justice, is yeah. there an, an entrepreneur you admire, and why? <laughs> Let me... Okay, first on the list, I would like to celebrate our one and only Kwabna Noche Adisi. Okay. You know who I'm talking about? Bolare, okay. He's Bolare. Right. He's one person I respect so much. Right. I don't know... One for his generosity before I know him for his entrepreneurship, and then we talk about I don't know if I should say confidence or I mean the step, the right. step Bula is, right. is, is good enough to be celebrated. And right. talking about your panel in the studio, this is marvelous. This interview, I will love it repeated again. Right. He's, he's, he's just shown us that he's a learner, really. Right. The research is that you keep talking about. Justice, I, thank I, you very I, much. I salute him this evening. Thank you. I, I joined you to salute Elikem. And, and <laughs> yeah. Elikem, seriously, I, I think this research is an asset to the nation. Believe me. <laughs> and, and, and you will find that even in your lifetime, with the passage of time, it will keep becoming a big reference point because we don't have anything like that and I think it's just absolutely phenomenal. Well done, my brother. Thank you. Hello, good evening. Good evening, sir. Your name, where are you calling from, please? This is Hugo Bungzini. Calling from Nagoya. This is who? Hugo. Hugo? Yes, sir. Okay, Hugo, tell me, is there any entrepreneur that you celebrate? Well, there are a lot, but uh, in the entire Republic of Ghana, I wish to mention the names of Dr. and Mrs. Indom. Okay, you go for the Indom, uh, and then, because of time, just give me one more name, and then I'll let you go. You go. One more name is, uh, another name is the Unit Trust. UT, the UT group. UT, All right, yes. that must be Prince Kofi Amwabing. Yes, uh, but, but the overall is Dr. Mrs. Indom. For Thank- business, they created and employed a lot of people, and they keep on 
training. Uh, I mean, it's a Ghanaian management thing. You know, homemade is a Ghanaian thing, and uh, I really cherish them a lot. Thank you very much, sir. Thank you very much, Hugo from. Um, is it Nungwa? Hugo from Nungwa. Okay, thank you very much. I'll take the last caller. Hello, good evening. Your name, where are you calling from, please? My name is Yvonne. I'm calling from Is there somebody you want to celebrate tonight? It's you and Comfort. Oh, I'm blushing in the studio. Sir, it's you and very much thank you very much Yvonne and have a wonderful evening yourself God bless you all right so we thank you Samuel Justice Hugo and Yvonne for calling into the show let me come back into the studio and before I give Elikem the chance to give us his last words let me celebrate you Elikem for putting this research together I tell you something I am very very impressed with what you have done and I believe that it's a very good addition to our resources and nation and will go a long way to open up the subject for people to understand what it's all about and what we can do as a people let me just give you quickly some thoughts that I have gleaned from this interview as is my custom let me give you what I call the Ten Commandments from this interview before I introduce the next program. The first one is that every single person can be an entrepreneur and they must make that decision themselves. The second thing I've learned is that entrepreneurs have a mission-driven agenda and a long-term perspective, and that is different from a business person. The third thing I learned, in your opinion, the Ghanaian environment is generally open to people who want to pursue their ideas. We may have things that we could do better, but generally you think that the Ghanaian environment is conducive for business. The fourth thing that I've learned from Elikem Konya here is that we must develop a culture of celebrating entrepreneurs at every stage, not just when they succeed. He says inspiration is key. The fifth commandment from tonight's discussion is that entrepreneurship thrives when there is a, an organized program of mentoring, especially incubators. The sixth lesson, your top three became your top five. Esther Oklu, Edmond Dele, Albert Ose, Patrick Iwa, and of course you mentioned Robert and Sons. The seventh lesson, too many entrepreneurs are stuck because they are fighting everyday battles instead of dreaming. And the two biggest bottlenecks you mentioned are human capital and finance, which I've promised that we will be dealing with very shortly. And then you also mentioned three things that an entrepreneur must have self-awareness, the ability to learn, and entrepreneurial skills. And then the final point I pick from you is that entrepreneurs with formal education, really, the main advantage they have is that they tend to be more confident in dealing with the system and so on. But otherwise, really, we cannot import an idea from somewhere and say, because somebody didn't go to school, they can't be an entrepreneur. Let me give you a minute to take us home on this show. Elikem Konya here. It's your show. One minute. Let's go. Closing thoughts. <laughs> Um, well, just really to, to reiterate what I've, I've said that, you know, anybody at all can become an entrepreneur should they decide to do that. And um, it starts with, you know, the, 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 the self-awareness, being being aware of what your strengths and weaknesses are. And what I, what I didn't say, which I'll just say quickly, is that the idea is that as much as possible, so you should try and start with somebody else or bring in. Um, a team of people so that if you're weak in one area somebody can complement you and so on so you're not building a, a one-man enterprise so that that's basically what i was saying anybody at all i think can go out there especially that they've read my book <laughs> very important and, and, and is it available in the market yes my book is available in the market we also be very entrepreneurial with it so we have a few young men who are going around and um i think you'll be seeing a bit more of them this coming week is there a number that somebody um, can call yes there is a number um so dominic is the uh, marketing manager his number is zero five Five four four. Slow down, please. Zero five four. Zero five four four six eight three six seven five. Zero five four four six eight three six seven five. I honestly think it's a good resource that people must invest in. All right, let's take this home and. Uh Next week, we're doing a show on why businesses fail. You would love this one, why businesses fail. I'm bringing somebody who has done vegetables. I mean, amazing stuff. Catherine Crowe, you say Benson. She'll be talking about why businesses fail. My other resource person is from 
Ecobank, the head of corporate communication. She will bring different perspectives to this discussion. You will love it. Two wonderful women next week talking about why businesses fail. You don't want to miss that one. And so tonight I've been here on behalf of the entire crew, Comfort, Matthew, Amos, Togbo, and Obi. Trying to put ourselves together and find out more and more about entrepreneurs. And my guest has been Elikem Kwenye here. This interview also is available on soundcloud.com forward slash legacy dash legacy. And so till we come away again next week, God bless you, God bless you, and God bless you. Good night. Thank you for listening to Springboard Zone, an inspirational podcast by Albert and Comfort Okran. Like our Facebook and Twitter pages at Albert and E. Okran and Comfort Okran A for free resources and information about our itinerary, conferences, and media broadcast. For speaking appointments, email albert.okran at icloud.com or SMS or WhatsApp us on plus 233-2499-99000. You may also subscribe to www.albertokran.com, amazon.com, or your favorite online bookstore for copies of our inspirational books and audiovisual materials. Until we come your way again, always remember, you are blessed indeed. Oh, 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 oh